I'm not sure where to start with this one. It's not a workplace comedy like corporate, which was what I was expecting. It's 51 minutes, so the first scene threw me a little bit. They had interviews of these five people at Pure Point and Company, which is a preeminent financial institution services that is based in London. But there's a lot of people who are from, or there's one person, Harper Stern, who's an international intern, and she's there, and she has a fake transcript. That's what I got. Yeah, Sean London, this is a show called Industry. It's an eight-part series. It follows uh, young finance graduates who venture out into the cutthroat competitive world to get a job during the recession times that followed as a result of the 2008 financial crisis. It takes place now. Yeah, but I think that what they're saying is that they grew up when they were doing their teachings during the 2008 financial crisis. Because Harper, I think, was born in 1998. It was created by Conrad Kay and Mickey Down. And uh, before writing this, they both studied finance at Oxford. And they also worked on a show called Hoff the Record, uh, which, as IMDb put it, is about 30 years after rising to fame with Knight Rider and Baywatch. The series follows the Hoff as he moves to the UK to get his career back on track and make sense of his increasingly surreal life. So I was expecting when I was doing research on industry kind of like you that this would be like maybe a corporate spin was there any comedic parts in this do you remember newsroom yeah it had comedy in it but it was at its heart a drama for most part yeah that's sort of what this show is like there's the boys club of wall street but this is in london and i guess the personalities of everybody um they're pretty competitive in the end but they have some funny one-liners clement is probably supposed to be the weirdest dude He's like this mean grouch who has this really strong client, client, and he kind of ignores the interns as a whole, and he's kind of known as a jerk. He also goes to the bathroom with his trousers down. <laughs> so, like, one guy comes in there at the end, and he's trying to look for any other place to go to the bathroom. Like, he looks at every <laughs> door, but they're all closed, and then he has to go next to this guy who's got his trousers near yeah. his ankles, and then he's, and then the guy starts talking to him. And it's the first time <laughs> that he's talked to any of the interns, and he kind of just mocks him in his suit, but it's still like a step forward for Harry. Sorry, not for Harry, Robert. Well, I know that the creators of the show wanted to put a lot of competitiveness into their scripts because that's what they said it was like um, working in a cut-teeth environment during the time. Yeah, one of the quotes in the show was, only way to survive is say, I am an originator, I won new business. So... Basically, if you get a client there, you're set in stone, kind of like with a law firm. If you handle a, a big corporation client, they can't get rid of you. They give you tenure. Um, but it also sounds like what car dealerships do, where they make all these like young employees come in and they pit them against each other. And whoever actually makes a sale gets promoted and whoever doesn't gets cut. And Down uh, like, even said that. He was like, whenever you go into finance, they're always trying to get you no matter what. They're always trying to keep you and like get you into a contract. Um, I wanted to ask, was there a character named Harry? Harry Dar? Yeah, Harry was one of the central characters in this first episode, and he was also, I guess, one of my favorites. He's kind of introduced um, without a name. We just know him as being a friend to Harper, and we see him in a different section of the building upstairs. He's kind of doing uh, less ex- uh, less paid, like he's getting paid, but not as much, like minimum wage. But he's at like the top offices, so there's a bigger chance of getting recognized right. um, and going into important meetings. And he's going overboard with his work. So he's staying up all night and he has this partner next to him who's also an intern whose name is Gus. Mm -hmm. And Gus keeps going home at five, which is the bare minimum of when you're supposed to. While Harry has been staying in the building. 
for more than 48 hours. He just keeps slinging back Red Bulls, Adderall, um, and then he's sleeping in the stalls. And so at one point he gets called on it because his ID card has flagged him as being in the building too long and he has to go leave. And he gets drunk and then he goes and hangs out with Harper for a few minutes, but then he's right back at it. So he takes this drug called, um, sorry, Modafinil, Mm -hmm. which I know because I remember when Limitless came out, uh, it was what they compared that to. As far the drug as it, that Bradley Cooper took, yeah, which was obviously fake, right? Yeah, like it wasn't a real thing. But there are neural stimulants that are out there, and modafinil is probably one of the most famous. It's not legal in the U.S., but you can still get it here, um, and so well, and you can get it in the U.K. and it's I think legal there. And I know that they air this in the U.K. on BBC Two in the U.S. However, it's on HBO. But go ahead. Yeah, it does mess with your liver though if you take enough of it, and if you're not being healthy and sleeping and so like he has a lot of problems coming like he could have a heart attack at any time even though he's like in his early 20s so that's sort of a joke though because uh gus on the other hand is like staying up doesn't enhance my work and that was a really good point and uh i don't think enough people in the corporate world take it um at least when they're first starting out and so he becomes sort of like the de facto i'm going to work so hard that they're never going to uh be able to ignore me he ends up finishing this huge presentation for the COO um, at the end of the day, and he gets promoted for it. He's allowed to attend the meeting, but then he realizes last second that he made the mistake of using the wrong font, Times New Roman, instead of something in Helvetica or something in the in one of his pages of the report. And he freaks out and he starts calling around being like, I need this to be replaced. And it's near the end of the episode and you're like, dude, calm down. It's not the end of the world. You might get fired, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Yeah, and so he goes back to the stall where he's been, like, sleeping, and he's just sitting there on the toilet, and then he faints. And you're just like, okay, he's fainted. And this is at the same time that um, the guy goes in to see to talk to the guy with no trousers. You right, know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it was, like, in the same bathroom scene. There's comedy there. Then you see the ambulances arrive, and you're like, okay, so he had, like, a heart attack. Harry's going to be fine, though. And then the body bag drags him out. And that's near the end of the he's episode. Dead. And, yeah, you know this because you've done the research. But, like, yeah, it was a complete shock for the episode because he felt like a main character. He had a bright personality in the fact that he was active and dynamic. And it it hit pretty hard around the whole office. And it impacted the rest of the episode for the better. Um, A real shocker. I'm I'm impressed, and it's going to make me watch the next episode. It, it seemed like Harry was, I thought, at least a comic relief. Um, he was played by Nabhan Rizwan. Yeah, who kill was, your comedy. Like, that's weird, but he, it's good. Yeah, he was in 1917, The Accident, Informer. Um, and then you also mentioned Gus, who was played by David Johnson as Augustus Gus uh, Saki, a graduate of Eton and Oxford and Robert's roommate. He's from such things like Deep State with Walton Goggins and Gen Y, which was a short film and Endeavor. And I think those two probably have the biggest names of stuff that they've been in that like you actually know of. Yeah. So with with Gus, it was sad because after I said there were a bunch of after effects of Harry's death and this is only in the last 10 minutes. I thought they were going to end it there, but they didn't. Um but they're all wordless transactions that happen afterwards. Like Gus looks at Harry's desk and there's just a ton of like Red Bull in the trash can. He picks up this box though and he opens it and there's business cards that Harry has just made for himself because he was like so proud of himself. And it was really sad. And then you see 
um, Harper, who was storyline we haven't gotten into, but she's the main character. Yeah. And she's been kind of lying about going to college at uh, where she went. I guess, and so she doesn't actually deserve to be there. So she has her ex-boyfriend make her a fake transcript, and she stops uploading it when she's thinking about Harry's death. And then she walks past his apartment and sees how littered with like Red Bull cans it is as well. And the main kicker of the whole thing is that the COO that they were preparing for the meeting um, that he had like worked so hard to do this one report for, their flight got canceled, and. It was delayed till the next, like, it was delayed till the yeah, next yeah. week. So he's not even coming. So, yeah, the person he worked so hard to do, like, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have been able to get the right. reports printed. It was so tragic. Um, <laughs> let's get into another storyline. But, yeah, if you watch that episode, I think you'll be impressed with how they pulled that one yeah, off. Yeah, and just speaking about um, Harper Stern, that's played by Myhala Harold, a woman from New York who went to London with the hope of working for PowerPoint and Co., uh, she's been a thing like things like modern and love, point. premature, yeah, rehabilitation of the hill, and um, my whole Harold is an interesting person because she said that her character was much like her in real life because what ended up happening was she auditioned for the show and then the show called her back and then everything went crazy because she got the part, met Lena Dunham um, of the episode, and then right away went to London and that was the first time. That uh, she has been out of the U.S. and she lived there for months upon months because she had to film the show. When was it filmed? Before COVID, and it took six months. Okay, yeah. So it feels like a succession type show. Everybody's wearing suits the entire time. It also had Halt and Catch Fire as far as the soundtrack, that techno beat in the background, mm-hmm. kind of making people work faster. Um, and then there was this interaction that we should talk about with the main character. Harper is also struggling but at the same time eric is helping her out her boss right and he's like a very good mentor and so, uh, sorry eric is played really fast by ken leum he is from lost he played miles okay yeah, yeah i recognized him from lost uh harper's character is dealing with like diversity hate because people are like she's only here because she's black and because she went to a, a bad college and they felt yeah, bad for the her the show and stuff wanted like that. to cover that type of stuff yeah but then they also covered other things because she gets invited out to this pitch and usually the interns aren't supposed to talk. They're not supposed to open their mouth. And in Halt and Catch Fire, when someone tells you not to open your mouth and you do, it screws up for you. Yeah. But not in this case. She goes there. She she learns about the person who um, she they're meeting beforehand, a big investor. And she sees like her talks on YouTube. And she's able to pitch her on this idea of a 4% option buy on the U.S. tenure. Which with the limited amount of market understanding that I have is actually pretty bad advice because right now the U.S. is at like 1% or lower as far as 10-year yields are concerned. The stock market, even with COVID, is doing pretty well. And there's really no sign for the last 30 years that there's going to be an uptick anywhere close because they would have to go up 3% and then be higher than that for this to pay off. Yeah, And it, it just doesn't make any sense so for plain. her to pitch. So it's a bad idea, right. but for some reason, the person's really into it. She dismisses the other two people who are pitching, and then she takes Harper home, and then she molests her in the car like Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, she, no, no, that, like, that is no. a shock. Like, it's just a woman, like, jumping on her no, in, while I, she's drunk. It's weird. I know. The show wanted to, it's like, like eighth cover, grade. Yeah, it wanted to cover cultural bounds. It also wanted to cover sex discrimination. And, yeah, but because she's such a small fish in a big pond, right? Yeah. 
she can't say anything about it and she's really like she mentions it to harry while he's there but harry's already passed out by the time she mentions it and she doesn't know how to bring it up to her co-workers or if she should bring it up to her higher ups which she probably shouldn't but she does use i guess the fact that she knows she has that connection to at the end of the episode when she's deciding whether or not to send her transcript or if she even wants to do this anymore she sees that eric gets a call and she freaks out and she calls herself this one lady gets her to buy the option in sort of a anticlimactic scene. It's like, yeah, of course this is going to happen. And again, it's like, I am an originator. I want new business. Now that she's done that, Eric like stands up and gives her like a, I see you now. <laughs> and then he's like, why are you wearing a nose ring? Are you cattle? And then they move on with their day. Yeah. Then she spends her night. And I think this is supposed to be another lesson because of Harry. She treats herself, goes to like the Shangri-La hotel and says, I want one night. And because she's got the budget for it now, spends a night eating burgers in a really nice hotel that has a sky view and takes pictures of herself for Instagram. <laughs> is that is that where the show ends? Yeah, that's about where the show ends. I know that like a lot of people on the show have Instagram accounts. Like that's how I was able to figure out um, some stuff about them. Yeah, you uh, were Insta stalking them. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw that Harry Lottie, who plays Robert Sverian, is a graduate of uh, Sylvia Young Theater School and Drama Center London. And uh, he performs ballet and can play guitar. And he was drawn to the script um, because he felt like it was fresh, vibrant, and sharp. Um, and yeah. I, want, I wanted to ask because the ensemble is basically made of a lot of kind of no names. The, the acting, was it good? There's a big cast. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while before I was able to write down even the main characters' names. Because at first I wasn't sure if it was Harry or Ari. <laughs> because they kept on pronouncing it in a British accent. And then also the uh, Robert guy. We haven't talked too much about him. But he, at first, just seems like this guy that's getting picked on because he's wearing a cheap suit. And everybody says he looks like Neo from The Matrix. And it's, again, being bullied, kind of like a boys club thing. Mm -hmm. And then, But he's also well-liked by some of the women. They're like, he's a snack. So you take that for what yeah, it is. The kissing booth part, too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, of course you watch that. Um, so he's at these parties. He goes to them every night, like ragers. And he either does coke or he does ketamine or he does like there's a lot of drugs in this show well i was gonna ask like and there's a good amount of there's a good amount of sex in the show too yeah in fact the show has kind of gotten some criti criticized uh for sex criticism. scenes criticism yeah it's got a lot of <laughs> you like you the word criticism yeah well it's got it's been like they said that it's out of place and that they're also kind of too long um but go on I mean, it's a pilot, so I think that they were trying to entice whatever group they could. Yeah. Um, his thing was that he went out partying, and he was supposed to be back at 7 a.m., so when he comes back on ketamine, because he uses the rest oh, of geez. it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's in the meeting, and that's where he like says something dumb, like he speaks when he shouldn't, and that's what gets the attention of Clement, who up till then had kind of just ignored him. And I wanted to ask, um, like, is there anybody to actually go for? Like, is there just a wholesome character in the show, or do all characters kind of have an edge? Harper's pretty wholesome. I think that even though she's lying about her transcript and she's got a weird ex, like, you're supposed to relate to her and kind of be on the mission with her. You understand why she decided not to try to, like, press charges against this lady. That right, would be... Yeah. Um, not encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have worked. And the show's been compared to things like Successions, Billions, and Mad Men. The weirdest comparison, I thought I was only going to see this on one site, but it's been on a lot of them, is Skins. They said it's like even a more adult version of Skins. I can see that because there was even that last season of Skins that had Effie kind of in a corporate world. However, <laughs> what they did with it was kind of like ridiculous. And they gave Effie, I think, too much power. The thing about Skins that was cool is that like these kids 
obviously treating their lives in a crazier way, like an exaggerated context than anybody would do, but they didn't have like so much power. They were still controlled by their parents. So like the world was still logical in that way. Like, yeah, the parties were big and the characters were crazy, but it was, it was still existed in this format. Once they went to that seventh season and Effie was controlling some of the corporate like espionage, it just felt out of this realm. This, this show actually does fit sort of that mold. I can see it because every person's character felt developed again that robert guy is more than just a druggy guy he's also a little smart like he knows that gus and this other guy that is at the firm who has talked to clement are gay and like the dynamics of that are going to come out and play later on i assume and then also you have people like yasmin who used to like robert i'm not sure if she still does but um, she's a secretary. She's she's acting like a secretary, even though she's an intern like the rest of them. Like she's going out to get food for all of them. She's making sure that everybody's order is correct. So they're all trying to make their impressions in different way. And so it's, a, it's almost like a competition show where you expect them slowly to get weeded out. You just didn't yeah. expect Harry to get weeded out the way that he did. Like you expect them to just get fired. Yeah, the creator said that they wanted to make it really detailed, even saying it was down to the cadences of the way that people interacted in that environment. Um, yeah, they all seem real, which is hard to do for especially a new show. Um so, yeah, I give them credit. And, and the show has run into some luck. Like, when they pitched it to Lena Dunham, they weren't sure if she was going to say yes, and then she said yes to it. And it also is produced by Bad Wolf, a British television production company that has done uh, critically acclaimed shows like The Night Of, A Discovery of Witches, and His Dark Materials. So the show has definitely been able to get a budget from that. Do you think that eight episodes is going to be enough for them to flesh out the characters and, like, kind of get to a winner, kind of like you're predicting? I don't think it's going to be one winner. It's just, like, half the crowd. They said 50%. At the beginning part, this is called induction. So it's their first days there. And after you've seen this room that's filled with all these computers and their desks and such, they bring them into a sort of college room where they're doing a PowerPoint. And they're like, 50% of you are going to be gone by the end of this whole thing and they're technically being indoctrinated into the system i know that the show kind of got a little bit of criticism as well for kind of the um what do you call it like the overused type of thing like look to your left look to your right one of you is not going to make it oh so the joke to that is that harry went to the bathroom and there was a sign in the bathroom like someone had etched it into the door that said look to your left and then he looked to the left and then look to your right and then he looked to the right and says look up and then he looked up and it said wanker (laughs) so they definitely had a sense of humor with themselves on the corporate level would this be a good show for like someone to watch who's actually wanting to go into finance because from what i was reading it sounded almost like an er type of thing no it would be a good show to watch if you're going into finance because again you could pick apart that four percent option thing because it's ridiculous i don't think that she should have done it i think it was a bad like if she wanted to get back at her for touching her in the car i think she may have just completed it like depending on how much money she just put down she probably just lost that money yeah i know that the creator said that they're really focused on the small moments of the show yeah Um, there was also the weird like person who was looking for her transcript um he he rode in on a bike apparently and he was exhausted and out of breath so when he finally asked her about it you were kind of shocked as an audience you were like oh she's fake like, and so I want to know what Harper's backstory is. And so we're probably going to get some backflashes that are pretty interesting. Yeah. And the show has gotten, it's weird because it doesn't have a high score on IMDb. It has a 5.2 based off of 119 reviews, which is basically nothing. The episode you watched had a 6.4 based off of around 20 reviews. But the actual like 
episode reviews like with things like Variety and The Guardian have been pretty positive for it. Uh, the Guardian said that it was darkly, uh, it was a darkly intriguing opener, and they gave it, I believe, a five out of five. I agree, darkly intriguing. In a mediocre review, the New York Times said that like everything for the most part is pretty good. Each character has a defining shtick, but there's not a lot of like high stakes going on. Why does it need high stakes? Someone died. Like, that's yeah. high enough stakes. And, and media posts even disagreed with that. They were like, this has a lot of high stakes. Like, the show possesses a lot of ingredients. And it doesn't need it, though. Like, not every show that's a drama needs to be the biggest. Like, that's why we get Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. Mm-hmm. It's like every single episode, the world's about to end. <laughs> yeah. We don't need that here. Um, the one f- interesting thing they did with the Modafinil thing, I'm going to go back to that real quickly, <laughs> okay. is that there's another Limitless reference. If you remember, once he started taking the drugs he was really, really good in the stock market. Right. And so he had all those computers in front of him. Yeah. Maybe that guy saw that the limitless thing and we're supposed to believe like that he he was like, oh, I'm going to take that drug. And then, because I don't know how <laughs> widespread that use it is in the corporate field, but it might have in- increased after the Bradley Cooper move. Well, I know that also stuff like Wolf of Wall Street had, and of course it's Jordan Belfort, so it's crazy. Well, that was cocaine, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, coca- it was a ton of things. Yeah, but cocaine was more used in a, what's the word? A recreational route. Like Robert keeps using cocaine to keep partying and stay awake and i think he's going to be like aziz Ansari in scrubs where he could be talented at his job um but then he ends up like uh, just flaming out because he doesn't heed the advice that he's given that could change because clement does seem to take a liking to him at the end so but clement is only there because he has one client so i don't know why why he would be the best one to listen to. it seems kind of like what you're saying is that robert's one of those characters that you don't really like at the beginning but as the show goes on and if it does get picked no, up robert was being season. picked on at the beginning you are supposed to like him like you're supposed to like all the characters i don't think there's supposed to be a villain out there besides the person who was just dissing on harper for attending a state school and for being black you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, Suits. Remember how the guy was like a fake lawyer, but yeah. he was really good at what he did? Right, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't have like an actual degree. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what she's pulling. The did old, it, the old like, give me a fake degree and I'll we- weasel my way in. Did it have like the same type of snazzy attitude that Suits kind of had? No, like she's very um, nervous almost as to trying to step over her thing, but she's not afraid to like take the moment if it comes to her. Does, does that plot seem like it's going to be the overarching thing of the show yes. or just the season? Yeah. Even though so. if all those five characters or whatever, it's going to be her storyline that counters the most. And you remember that Will Smith movie, the one that he did with his kid when the kid was really young? It was based on a 60-minute story about this guy who, like, because he knew how to do a Rubik's Cube really quickly, he was invited to do an internship, and he was, uh, and then he worked right. his way up the ladder until he was, like, one of the kingpins of the world. Like, was it Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah, Pursuit of Happiness, and that was, like, a period piece, but she's kind of on the same journey where it's, like, a diverse character who is kind of discounted because of her uh, like she's people dismiss her out of hand yeah. and but she might actually be really smart again this four percent option of the u.s tre- tre- <laughs> treasury thing is not a good way to start because in my eyes that wouldn't work but whatever have going, your going back to what you said about like someone speaking up during uh when they shouldn't it kind of also reminds me of mr robot in the pilot yeah and the computer remember the fourth season where he's in front of a computer that office space thing he's usually in front of a computer yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry when he's in an office space and he has to go through the building and right. pretend like yeah, yeah because he's getting fired that's the type of workspace that harry works in it's not the type of workspace that harper works in but it reminded me a lot of like when he had a desk partner on the other side like an it type thing yeah. yeah. All right.
right, so I think that'll be where we'll leave this episode. It's just the first one. It is 51 minutes. If you saw it, I think you probably liked it, but uh, why else would you be listening to this? Okay, unless you want to hear me trash it, in which case I'm sorry that I didn't. Um, maybe it gets worse, and, and uh, we'll talk about it then. All right, well, so we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.